Hello and welcome to the Run Talk Run podcast, episode four. Um, my name is Josh Pewter and I'm joined by the wonderful Jessica Robson, leader, founder, um, extraordinaire. Hey Jess, how's it going? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I, um, I've been running permanently late today and the sort of the podcast has been looming this evening and I was thinking if I don't get a run in this evening before I start the pod um I'm going to be a, a head full of blur so I sort of went out and hit the streets of tooting and I feel recharged and refreshed and ready to start the talking element <laughs> so how, how's it been? It's been really lovely, thank you. Um, I've started doing a morning run, talk, run with people on the phone, which has been just brilliant um, and made me feel like I've actually got run, talk, run in my life still. So, yeah, that's kind of been the highlight for me. That's awesome. Yeah, because I saw you put it up on Instagram and um, and I, I guess people just sort of getting in touch. And I mean, you're, you're an early bird, to say the least. So I, I, when, uh, when, I, when I got in touch, you were like, oh, yeah, so any time after 5.30. And I'm like, OK, maybe, maybe we'll try it one <laughs> evening. <laughs> Push that back a little bit. Push it back uh, yeah, I am an early bird, but um, it's starting the day off in such a lovely way with connections straight from the off. So yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling good have about you it. Had, have you had some good chats and good catch-ups with people, I guess? I have, yeah. I mean, we're only four days in, but already sort of um, speaking to Ali and Dundee and Megan, um, who's in New Zealand. So wow. it is, yeah, it's a wonderful way to sort of feel like I'm still run, talk, running. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great way to start the day. Um, so have you, uh, so I guess that was your, that was your daily exercise this morning. That was your, your run uh, this morning. So you've not run just now. No, sadly not. This is the this is the only problem with going out first thing is that you're then sort of stuck for the day. But then I am starting the day in a good headset mindset, so it's all yeah it's all fine. Yeah, I know it. De- it definitely if you if you don't do it, it then puts the pressure on a little bit. And I felt it this evening. I was thinking, why didn't I run this morning? Um, because I really really wanted to run before the pod. Um, but yeah, I also saw you you put up a really good Instagram post today as well about all these um all these challenges currently going on on Instagram because it kind of feels like this huge cauldron of press up challenges and putting a t-shirt on with a handstand and uh, I thought you put a a great post up today about like the pressure of being like it's okay just to kind of to let Mm. that go by the wayside do you want to say a bit about it yeah I think um there's absolutely nothing wrong with these challenges and they're all um with best intentions I think I, I was just feeling the pressure of being tagged in it every every couple of hours or so. It's like, I've done my 5K, just leave me alone. I don't need to feel bad about not doing another one. Um, no. But yeah, there's nothing it's, wrong with it. It's, it's for a great cause, I guess, but it's when, you, when you're tagged for the 20th time, you're thinking, oh, my days, do I? Because I got tagged in this one for 20 press-ups, and then you do this, you do a one-hand push-up. And I was thinking, I can't even do the 20 push-ups, let alone the, one, the one-handed one. So, I and think I'd end up with a broken nose. <laughs> I know. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> I know. It's one, of those, uh, it's one of those ones. But maybe if I start with a couple of push-ups, I'll, uh, I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be able to go to it. Um, so um, I really enjoyed last week's episode. I thought, I thought Katie was a, was, a, a great, was a great guest. And, and we had some fantastic feedback um, with just people enjoying her 
I, I would say honesty. I think Katie's mm. really honesty. Um, and it, it, it came across really well. And uh, it was really nice to sort of seeing people get in touch as well about um, things that we could do in the future for different pods as well. Um, but yeah, just to sort of recap on it, if there's, if there's anything uh, you want to sort of add to the podcast, this is all really, really, really new to us. And, you know, for us, this is a, a way of trying to bring the Run, Talk, Run community together um, in a sort of a weekly bite-sized way. Um, but you can get in touch with us, um, obviously, by following the Instagram, uh, which is at Run, Talk, Run. Um, you can email us, well, Jessica, at Jessica at runtalkrun.com. Um, and you can also check out the the website, um, which I really realised there's, there's so much good stuff on there. And um, Rachel does a, a fantastic uh, blog, um, I think, weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was having a little read of that last night. And there's there's a really good blog up um, by Rochelle, um, who's talking a little bit about her experience about coming to the UK and, and how Run to Run and what it's meant to her. So um so yeah if you if the podcast isn't enough then then check out uh, the run to run website because there's some there's some really good blogs on there as well i think um and uh yeah so check it out when you get when you get a bit of time so um that's kind of it for part one um we've got a, a fantastic guest uh, coming up in part two um who's chris there and he's um he does a bit of everything really he's not only a speedy runner, he's done ultras. Uh, he's currently out in Barcelona, um, and um, he's also a fantastic advocate for mental health as well. And he's got some, uh, he's done some fantastic things. So um, stick with us in part two, and uh, we'll have a little chat with Chris. Hello and welcome back to the Run Talk Run podcast episode four. You're joined with me, Josh Pewter and Jessica Robson. Hi. Um, we are also joined by, um, I'm pleased to say, all the way from Barcelona in lockdown is Chris there. Chris, how are you doing? Hey guys. Yeah, really well, thank you. I'm kind of all things considered in, in lockdown in Barcelona. But I, yeah, real pleasure to be on and chatting to you guys. So I, I, you sent us a video just before you came on, which was of your 8 p.m. Uh, clap of the, uh, I guess it's the medical uh, and the doctors and nurses like we've got in the UK as well. Um, and I just love the, I love the blaring background noise of the Bee Gees staying alive as well. And it was this fantastic view over the, diff- the different balconies. It's, um, it, was quite, it was quite a cool video. Um, people dancing as well. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bringing people together. So out in Spain, it's um, it's every night at 8 p.m., so seven days a week. Um, and you kind of pop out. It's something to look forward to. Um, you pop out and have a kind of a wave to people. And then someone across one of the balconies across the way puts on a bit of music every day. Sometimes he gets it right and the kind of the, the neighbours dance. Sometimes he gets it wrong and the neighbours bugger off and go inside. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty tricky. So you haven't taken one. it upon yourself to become the resident DJ yet. I mean, I know you're new to new to Barcelona but you haven't thought do you know what I think I've I've got a better selection in music so I'm building up so it's strange kind of those guys across the way have been doing it mainly they've kind of been the main DJ the kind of the headliners and then someone downstairs <laughs> from me 
kind of as soon as they finish their song put a better song on so it's kind of getting a little bit competitive so i don't think those guys can rest on their laurels so uh, I'll, I'll give it a, i'll give it a little bit you've got a bit of dj turf wars going on yeah exactly <laughs> so obviously it's, it's a little it's a little different in spain i guess at this moment in time i mean we're i was just saying in in part one that you know to be able to sort of still get out and run if you're feeling frustrated or anxious you know like i was feeling today and um but obviously you haven't quite got that luxury at the moment no so in, out in spain it's been kind of proper lockdown you're only allowed out to go to the shops um or kind of to, to a pharmacy and that's been for kind of four and a half weeks now so pretty envious every time i go on strava um every evening and everyone's kind of pushing the boundaries in the uk of their of their daily runs going out and doing nice 14 15 mile trail runs so yeah quite envious um so we've been yeah in, in proper lockdown I'm, I'm lucky that i picked up a turbo for my bike so i've been able to do some exercise every day and kind of becoming a an avid cyclist through through adversity out here but no running so see not really getting my running fix i bought a turbo but i haven't bought the um the zwift application yet and i i've been told it's a it's a it's a real game changer and it's quite an addictive um thing to have on your laptop so have you have you properly delved into the zwift uh world so to put it into kind of addictive perspective, I, I got my I kind of got my turbo and got Zwift on the same day. Um, that was three weeks ago on Monday, and I've ridden for 34 hours already, <laughs> and that's yeah, that's moving time. So it's fair to say I'm pretty pretty addicted. So it's kind of like a a couple of a couple of hours a day most days, maybe a, a rest day a week. So it's it's brilliant. I was never a big cyclist beforehand, but I've always had that. Um, kind of urge at some stage to do a triathlon or do an Ironman so it's kind of I'm using this time to because it's the only thing I've got you're making good of the you're making good of the situation um big time absolutely but um but yeah it's great that you've it's great that you've got the the ability to get the you know to to exercise on your balcony and um and still have that that kind of output because it it must be incredibly challenging um i think we're all very lucky in the uk that we can sort of still go out and as you say hit the trails and and stuff but speaking of trails i, I think yeah. you're, you're a great person to have on we've had a few people get in touch about um trail running and ultras and i didn't message them back because i just thought Do you know what i think we've got the right person to to talk about trails and ultras today um so i, I met you uh, probably six months ago now in uh, the Azores which are these tiny Portuguese islands in the middle of the Atlantic and I turned up on the Saturday to do uh, a half marathon for a fantastic charity um, called Tribe and it was their run for love but you had already been there for a week and you clocked up you can you can tell me how many miles it was over five was it five days it was da, da, da. so it was a six six days in total. So it's Monday to Saturday. So the Saturday, the final Saturday was a half marathon. But over the six days, it was I think about two hundred and seventy kilometers and thirty four thousand feet of climbing. So it's a pretty pretty tough week. Um, I'm far from an authority on on trail running, but I'll do my best to kind of give it give a little bit of a guidance. Um, 
but it was just a fantastic week. Um, as you said, the, the, the Tribe guys who organise it and the Tribe Foundation um, that it's raising money for and the Tribe Foundation is fighting against um, modern slavery. So we raise a huge amount of money that go to two UK-based charities that are set up to be kind of houses um, where people who are caught up in modern slavery in the UK um, can escape to and get off the get out of these situations. So it's all going to a brilliant cause. I think it's an amazing um, cause. I, I think when when I first got involved with um, what well, I'd say, I only did the the half marathon aspect in, of it, but it was a real eye opener for how prevalent modern slavery is in the UK. I think when we think about slavery, we we often think about sweatshops and um, you know things that are going on thousands of miles away, but um, it was an incredible eye-opener to, to hear from some of the founders of the charities to talk about, you know, how it's impacting our daily lives. Um, so it was a, it was a, a great cause. And, um, it, but more than anything, on top of that, it looked like an incredible adventure and you, you built some fantastic camarad- uh, camaraderie along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of throughout, throughout the whole trip. So we were with, 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 kind of people that we'd be meeting in the kind of 12 months leading up. So I probably signed up, I put my name down, paid the first bit, probably 12 months before the actual date. And then it starts creeping forward. You do a little event kind of to get to know people. You do a little run, you go and meet the charities. So we met the people from Ella's Home and Snowdrop, who are the two kind of key charities in the kind of the months leading up. And then suddenly it's like, wow, it's next month. It's really creeping up. Have I, have I prepared for running three marathons then a double marathon and then another marathon and then a half marathon and you're just totally not prepared for it when when you get there there's nothing that can really kind of prepare you for a for a run like that um but it was a really amazing group of people who i probably met there's i think about 90 of us in total who did the whole week and a real range of people who had never some people had never done a marathon before to people who are kind of more kind of better versed in, in doing kind of multi-day events but it's a real leveler kind of when you're running those distances and you'll see people who were struggling early on that were then flying flying and soldiering at the end and kind of still coming through um but to kind of so we camped out every night and it was with ultra x so it was organized through ultra x um who kind of put on the event for tribe um so they would set up our camp every night and you'd have uh, the first night people were arriving after dark. So there are people taking, I think, six, seven, eight, nine hours on the first day to do the first kind of marathon. So they're arriving after dark. You're all sat around a fire, kind of clapping people in, all camping together. And kind of throughout the week, you're getting to know different people. Um, and it was just an amazing week. And kind of when it finished, I felt like I'd built a group of friends who I'd been through such kind of really tough moments where you're getting in thinking i don't know if i can go tomorrow morning you're getting up in the morning having hardly slept because it was freezing cold in the tent at night and you're thinking how do i go and then you kind of you start easy in the morning each morning and then you're running with people who just kind of who drag you along both kind of both physically and also emotionally um so it's something i'll never forget and people that i mean we've got a whatsapp group and we've got events being planned it's it's just I kind of I can't really explain the, I think it the, was, the feeling. It was really interesting to sort of see it from an outsider's perspective to see a multi-stage ultra happening around you. And I think what's really important to say is that when you said it's a marathon and it's a back-to-back marathon, it's it's not a flat marathon. You've got 
all sorts of terrains and you're climbing up volcanic ridges and it's quite tropical in places and you're scrambling across farmlands as well and but I think what was quite amazing coming in at night was that even if people were totally cooked and couldn't really stand up they everyone would get clapped in you'd have you'd have you know ladies in their 60s you'd have people in their early 20s it was a completely mixed playing field and there was no guarantee who would come in first and to be honest with you where how you came in or where you came in just it doesn't matter it was the experience of of getting there and 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 reaching the finish line i guess yeah exactly so it wasn't no element of of it was a race unlike the other ultra x events that they do this was a we're all in this together there's no chip timing to be honest the people because on on the longest day so we started at 4 a.m on the thursdays that was after three kind of roughly 26 27 mile days we started at 4 a.m on the long day which was 48 49 miles straight out of the gate was um 1000 meter climb so in the pitch black head torches kind of sideways rain as you're climbing up all through different as you said through through mud then through forest then up onto um kind of peaks and the wind kind of coming sideways and there were people who were out for so the last people were coming in at gone midnight that night so they'd been out for a, a ridiculous and those people who had already probably been the people who had spent four, five, six hours longer on their feet that week. It was just sublime. There's, yeah, there was no element of, I got in quicker. It was, it was just a, a well, real what I, did, what I did really like about it was that when when I arrived on the penultimate night, the, the physio queue was not that big, but the podiatrist queue was was absolutely amazing. And I think, I think they are from having seen some of the people's feats after doing multi-stage ultras, I think podiatrists are absolute heroes um, because I'm sure your feet took some pretty, some pretty hard battering on the, uh, on the different terrains. Yeah. They're heroes and, and magicians, I think at the same time, <laughs> um, some of the feet, cause you get it like, cause you're starting out in the wet and your, your shoes never really dry from the night before. So it's not like you're hanging them up in, in the sun. your shoes you've kind of tied them over the the top of the tent and there might have been some rain overnight so they're even worse than they were before at best they're the same um so you're putting on wet stuff from the from the get-go and then spending four five up to 15 16 hours in soggy shoes so your feet unless you've kind of treated them well or you've kind of experienced in that kind of stuff your your feet were kind of falling apart i was I kind of I swear by a nice layer of Vaseline on your feet. Yeah, see that's um, my little magic trick as well is the Vaseline in the sock. Is oh, that. it's it's perfect, and I I didn't get a blister the whole time, so I had I had no no trip to the physio the whole week, which was which was quite nice versus some people who, again, it's that they had to do that on top of feet that were bleeding. It was yeah, it was. There were some photos going around that probably haven't been published on. Um, on social media of 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 the state of people it probably bodies. wouldn't be a great marketing ploy to put them up i don't think <laughs> no definitely not definitely not but so, yeah so i saw i saw you put a post up the other day as well with, um which kind of leads me on to my next question which is i saw that you, yourself and a friend you you met up on a friday night at london bridge and you together decided that you'd run overnight to brighton um, and do sort of 62 miles overnight over the over the downs and I guess my question is sort of what what drives you in that aspect um I mean I get it but 
because I, I love the sort of the, the thrill of the adventure and it's not about the race, it's about the adventure and the journey. But I, I guess what what drives you to do ultras or just to go out and challenge yourself? We had Derek on the other week and I sort of asked a similar question. So I'm just interested to know sort of what, where the, you know, the inspiration and the drive comes from really. So kind of a mix of things. So I love, I love the race environment. Um, and I've done a bunch of ultras. I've done a fair few marathons and I love that environment, but I also love, I think in, we kind of take for granted what we've got on our doorstep and I kind of shared something about it. Yeah. You're kind of the post I shared about it. We've got so many adventures that we can do every single evening or every weekend that we take for granted. We kind of ignore, we kind of feel like we have to fly to the other side of the world to go and do that. But this idea that you can, you can step out of your door, call up a friend and say, Hey, pack your stuff seven o'clock this Friday, let's meet and go and run. There's a real buzz about sharing that kind of slight element of kind of unknown with someone and that challenge where you'll kind of get through and you'll have that to kind of reminisce it about. So I've done a bunch of things kind of similar to that, where it's just kind of getting up and getting up and going and using what you've got, what you've got around you. You don't have to pay a huge entrance fee. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really exciting and to get that done and to kind of see sunrise. So you're running through the night, head torches, and then to kind of you you both have your ups and downs at different times. So you kind of drag each other through. And that was one of my one of my good friends, Bruce Bignall, who I did that with. He was kind of on top of the world when I was having a terrible time in the pitch black <laughs> running through forests because he'd done the route before. I'd never done it before. Um at, at one stage we had even ended up going through fright fest so there's a farm that's been rented out in the middle of somewhere between london and brighton that is for fright fest which is a kind of a halloween themed there's loads of props in there kind of cars swinging that must swinging. have been so surreal <laughs> ah, it was horrible and it was like an abattoir you know the kind of abattoir plastic as well and it was on the route that you have to run through and he was like you might not like this bit that's coming up next it, this is pitch black <laughs> or like, all you've got your, is your head torch. And I'm like, please just tell me, tell me what's coming up next. I'm not probably like 25, 30 miles. In. I'm not, don't, don't bugger around here. Um, and it was, it was petrifying. Um, but then kind of getting through that together and then seeing the sunrise come up, kind of stumbling upon a, upon a petrol station that's open, buying a bunch of Rice Krispie Squares and kind of fueling like that on the way to, um, on the way to Brighton. Like I will we'll share photos of that. We will kind of talk about that every time we meet. I've kind of done a similar thing in the GR20 in Corsica um, with Bruce as well, which is completely kind of do it on your own backpacks. It's not a race, but it's an adventure. So, I, yeah, I love that element of just, again, it's the camaraderie, the kind of the sense of the unknown, plan it yourself. Um, and, yeah, I, yeah I love it. I think see it's great exactly. and it must be a great sensation to sort of see everyone getting up and going about their day and you're like you have no idea what I got up to last night <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a kind of a a tiny tiny bit of smugness but also a bit of you do see people and they're like especially down in Brighton they kind of know people end runs and stuff there and they're kind of the London to Brighton cycle but when someone asks and you say oh yeah, I started at half past seven last night and it's kind of 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. They get a bit of a kind of a shock on their face. Um, but also when you're tucking into 
a couple of pints of Guinness on the waterfront at half past 11, fish and chips and some ice creams, you get some interesting looks as well. <laughs> well, I'd say that's pretty normal in Brighton, to be honest with you. A half yeah, 11 very true. Guinness. <laughs> very true. So I'm also interested to chat to you, or, or Jess really, um, because Jess, you, you know a lot more about this, but um, it's the other side of things and perhaps the sort of the legacy, if you like, that you've left in London, which is I'm happy to talk. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Chris, I met you um, through Run Talk Run and chatting a lot about mental health, but you've got a huge interest in social health generally. Um, yeah, I think you're probably best placed to describe what Happy to Talk is. Um, yeah, where, where did the idea come from? So Happy to Talk, kind of the, the, the top line of Happy to Talk is that I'm trying to make a kind of a a happier society one conversation at a time um, and having lived in London for kind of nine nine ten years before moving out to Barcelona with 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 work um, a couple of months ago it was so clear to me that in London it's a huge city but you can be really really isolated and you can go a whole day without having a real conversation with someone even if you're working in an office you can you can talk about work but you've never you can sometimes yeah, go a whole day without having an engaging conversation with someone. You can pass loads of people. Um, and I kind of felt like if I'm if I can feel isolated like that, um, what about the people? And I've kind of from the outside, I've got lots of friends. I've got people who I, who I get on with. I've got housemates. How can it be for all the other people who are maybe even more kind of physically isolated? Um, and I kind of felt that I've I've always wanted to do something to help change that and kind of the catalyst for me getting up and and doing something was it was actually an inspiration from from you Jess because I think with with Run Talk Run it's so clear that you've set Run Talk Run up as something that helps other people there's no ulterior motive Mm -hmm. for you apart from being helped in the first place and helping yourself get over your own challenges in the first place and there's such a selflessness about that um, and how you've been entre- entrepreneurial and kind of seen it grow. Um, and had you from the start said, okay, I want to, I want to have a hundred runs around the world. And that's what kind of what I want to get from day one. You'd probably have never got there, but you just started it out and with Southwark and they kind of grew from there. And that was a real inspiration for me to just to say, let's just do something when you get an opportunity to do something, mm. uh, don't wait for perfection um just start kind of get something going um and I was on the Victoria line going to a race down in Dulwich in June 2019 um a lovely sunny morning on the Victoria line um which has already been mentioned on this podcast is it's a brilliant (laughs) line so nobody can cannot feel kind of warm slightly on 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 the Victoria line um and ended up having kind of a 20-25 minute conversation with a guy probably in his mid 60s late 60s he had a rucksack on so it kind of prompted me to say oh where are you off to you off on a holiday and they were going down to long story short they were going down to visit a son-in-law to meet their their firstborn and we had a really engaging conversation and to the extent we both got off at Brixton kind of had a, a weird kind of hug handshake goodbye have a great have a great weekend and that left me feeling so kind of it was a cross between it was really kind of warm and happy but also thinking why the hell does this happen so infrequently and why how can I do something that creates this feeling this little buzz in other people 
so that the people who are having a crap day get this buzz and it lifts them up and how can I kind of do something that that creates more and more of those tiny little exchanges it's a conversation it wasn't exactly changing the world you could have that with with so many people so I set up happy to talk they're essentially little recycled plastic badges that say hashtag happy to talk on them um selling those so I ordered a thousand badges um and they arrived in a big plastic bag and they would be sat in a box um, behind my desk in London. I've essentially just been kind of sharing about it on social media. Jess, you were brilliant in kind of getting it off the ground because you've got such a good kind of well-being network. And as everyone knows with social media, things kind of snowball, you need those initial people. And it was just amazing to see these badges getting ordered and people they're arriving and people were posting about them and talking about how they used it and it kind of gave them the confidence to go up and even if it's not talk to people, it's smile at people. And that's the start Mm -mm. and kind of create that knock on effect. Um, That was definitely my experience of it. It wasn't so much that wearing a happy to talk badge brought conversation to me, but it gave me that reminder almost when I was wearing the badge to go and seek, you know, um, interaction with people. (laughs) Yeah. It's not so much that everyone sort of saw the badge and started piping up with conversation, but yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah it's just that bit of confidence to to smile at the person at the bus stop or I don't know kind of make a comment <laughs> when when I wouldn't have normally made a comment on the tube um yeah it's worked wonders have you had any um stories from people wearing the badges that it has sort of sparked conversation so I've had I've had both both sides I've had people email me being like I wore the badge on the bus, but nobody spoke to me. What's going on? Um, so I've had that that kind of side it's of things. It's not a magic badge, is it? I guess <laughs> it's not a magic badge at all. Um, I'd have had to pay a lot more to get the magic ones, and I didn't have the budget. Um, but and on the other side, I've had people who have said exactly what you've done, Jess. Is the kind of it gives you the reminder when you're going out and you're thinking, I might put that album on for the ninth time when I go and sit on the bus, or I might not because I've got this badge in my pocket or on my on my on my jacket and it's a kind of a reminder to you to maybe not take the the easiest option but to take that option that can have a positive impact on people so to kind of look up to take your headphones out when you're queuing up in a cafe and actually engage with the the person behind the kind of the cafetiere the barista and actually ask a a question rather than just kind of mumble and then swipe your card because I, I really feel like we we cross so many people we interact with so many people each day on a kind of like a micro interaction and every time you interact with someone that can have a positive neutral or a negative effect on someone based on what you do and you can go around just being kind of mumbling around and having a neutral effect but you never know what the kind of the sum of those positive effects are going to be if you ask someone a nice question or you comment that they're you like what they're wearing it could really just change that person's day a tiny bit um and it just kind of puts in a, a potential sequence of events um and i've had a lot of people kind of comment about that and say it's making them feel more confident and reminding them to be to be kind of kinder i think the whole mm-hmm. sort of you know scenario we we currently find ourselves in is uh, certainly from from my side i live on sort of quite a, a busy terrace street I've spoken to more neighbours in the last 
four weeks than I have in the last five years living here. And I think when you strip out those work conversations and you strip out your daily commute, the appetite for people to speak to one another is is huge. And I now can name three or four of my neighbours. Um, I've had really good conversations um, because people are around more. And I just think I definitely feel a lot more engaged with the community and I feel a lot better for it. And I think coming out the other side of this, I hope that that more people appreciate what good conversation can do, not only to yourself, but other people, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. And it's a shame that shame it's taken something like this to kickstart people into getting to know those around them because it's only when you're in isolation that you realize that you don't know your neighbor um Mm. but it's also a brilliant thing that has kickstarted it and i'll say kind of honestly 18 months ago or two years ago i didn't know my neighbor's name in london but it was a real realization for me at that point that that has to change um and i kind of think as you said josh this is a people are going through this together we'll come out the other side and everyone that you look at will have been through this we'll have had a joint thing that we've been through and got out the other side and we'll have hopefully a kind of a more sociable kind of positive outlook on on life um so with that in mind is there what's the best way to find out a little bit more about that happy to talk so we've got instagram is at i'm happy to talk um, is Instagram. Um, you can order a badge through the Instagram and kind of money goes to to Run Talk Run. Um, but really, as we kind of said already, you don't need a badge. It's not a magic badge. It's great because Jess will get some money that can we can kind of put into, into Run Talk Run and grow it. But I would love everyone to imagine that they've got a badge in their pocket that says, be engaging, be more <laughs> positive. Um, and just go out there and lift your head up. Kind of, Jess, you say kind of quite a lot, kind of look up because you don't know, you don't know who you're walking past. Don't just grunt at your neighbors when you walk past them. Actually say, hey, how are you doing? When, when, when we're kind of back in the, in, the, in the normal world and go that extra mile. Um, but yeah, they're kind of, the, yeah, they're, I, I, I waffle on. But the, yeah, the Instagram is, I, I'm, I'm happy to talk. Um, and there's a website is happytotalk.co so where you can find some more about the kind of the story behind me setting it up and and the kind of the, the stuff that I'm doing. And Brilliant. What you, yeah. And one thing is that I don't want it to be my legacy. So I had a real kind of quandary coming to to Barcelona that I because I've come to Barcelona for my my work work kind of career. Um, and happy to talk is a very London centric thing. It's something that I've built out of the, my emotions of living in London. But I want it to, I want it to carry on and still have a life. It's kind of, it's, it's not over. Um, and I'm still going to be coming back to London. And I'd love to kind of engage with people about it and talk to, talk to people about it. And I kind of, I feel a lot that the younger generations are, need a helping hand in communicating more. I speak to a lot of parents who say that their, their children have so much screen time that they're not developing the ability to communicate properly. And I kind of fear for generations to come that if that happens for five, 10, 15, 15 years, we'll get a generation of people whose ability to communicate is slightly stunted. So I think there's, there's still a lot of work to be done. I, so. Yeah. 
and I think you know hopefully as I say hopefully in in these so it, I, I would hate to think it'd be something so negative would bring out a positive but I, I do hope coming out of these circumstances that that people will have the appetite to talk and engage and um, you know spend less time on the screen and spend more time with with people face to face so um, thanks so much for um, thanks so much for describing your adventures and and I'm happy to talk and if you want to get find out a little bit more obviously um, follow the the website and the social media that Chris has uh, just said but you can also get in touch with us at run talk run um, you can email Jessica which is Jessica at run talk run dot com um, so Chris you're going to join us in part three um, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, some of the books um, that we've most enjoyed recently um, about running and mental health so catch us in part three Hello and welcome back to part three of the Run Talk Run podcast, episode four. My name's Josh Pewter. I'm joined by Jessica Robson. Hi. <laughs> and I'm also joined by Chris there. Um, and yeah, I completely forgot at the um, at the end of part two to um, say how you can get in touch with the, the, the Tribe Freedom Foundation. And it is quite literally at Tribe Freedom Foundation on Instagram. Um, the, the multi-stage ultra they do is every two years um, but it is a fantastic uh, race and I, I'm definitely going to do it I think Chris are you going to try and do it next year? I won't miss one I was just saying to Jess that I won't miss one ever ever if I had my way I won't miss one ever it was such a, an epic event and you can also at the tribe way is the tribe's Instagram and they put out loads of stuff about the other crazy stuff they do um, but I personally won't won't miss a, a run for love. So if you've got if you're looking forward to if you want to look forward to something in 2021, um, that's probably a, a good a good marker to to aim for and also raise some money for a, a great charity. But Jess, I just realised I haven't asked you about your handstands. So we've got a, we've got to recap that how that's going this week. There has been no significant improvement I'll be totally honest um so I think last week I was really chuffed because I'd managed four seconds upside down um that has not improved <laughs> okay I think there's a limit to my balancing no skills. I think linear <laughs> as we said last week progress isn't linear and you're just going through that little plateau phase right now it, and next week you'll improve it is yeah, the plateau no that pressure. professional athletes talk about isn't it this is the plateau Jess you've got to get through it is and... i'll persist i'll get through <laughs> yeah. it i'm so glad and um just just for reference as well jess i caved and i cut my own hair as well you know we said last week so that's, that's you're not how... bored i'm not bored <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm not bored but i woke up saturday morning i was like this is this is happening and uh it's it's really exhilarating for something that you get done you know every couple of months as a as a boy to then have the clippers in your own hand is a is a truly exhilarating experience chris have you done your have you done yours yet i've not done mine yet i because i don't have to see kind of anyone i'm uh, it's just growing long at the moment um and i'll refrain i don't have any artistic talent so i think clippers would be it'd be too much power in my hands josh (laughs) 
we'll um, we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks, and you might have caved. These things these things can change very very quickly. Um, they can, yeah. <laughs> so part three, um, we're going to be talking about books. Um, uh, it, it all started when when I talked a little bit about the retalk reads that I've been doing with the tooting group, and we finished our first book um, this weekend, which was great, and we all had a good chat about it. Um, but it led on to talk about, well, what, what are some of the books that, that have really inspired us, um, either through running or through mental health? And I think we've got a nice blend of, of, of different books, really. And I think, Jess, you're going to go first. Uh, yes. Yeah. When we started talking about books, there was one that just um, stood out to me a couple of years ago. Um, and I recommend that everyone reads it. Um, it's called Lost Connections. Um, and it's, it's a slightly controversial read, um, which really sort of prompted me to start tapering off my antidepressants. Um, so it's controversial in as much as he, the author, um, doesn't believe that depression is a result of a chemical imbalance. He argues that depression is a very natural response to sort of life circumstances, um, you know, things like grief and loss and, you know, um, just ordinary things that humans go through, breakups, whatever. Um, and that really resonated with me and it helped me understand, like, my experience of depression so much better. Um, and, you know, as the sort of title sort of indicates lost connections, he sort of argues that depression is a lack of connection um which kind of made a lot of sense to me um so it's like lack of connection with yourself lack of connection with the people around you with your work um and he sort of um kind of like makes it a positive thing as well so it's like how can you bring that connection back into your world and I kind of found it really helped drive me with run talk run in the early stages because that was the first time I was really experiencing that deep connection again. Um, so yeah, lost connections. <laughs> so it's lost my, connections um... by Johan Hari. Yes, yeah. Ava- available all good bookstores that aren't open, but I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could find it on on Kindle uh, or online. Um, yeah, well. I'm sure you can. Yeah, it was fantastic. Do they, do they talk about the tribe in that? Because I think I've heard about. I've heard maybe a podcast where someone was talking about the book and they're talking about the fact that we are, again, going back to isolation, that we're used to having people around us at all time. Yes. Yeah. Losing that connection. Um, So, yeah, I find it fascinating because going back to the run that I did, kind of coincidentally with Tribe, the name of the, the organization, you come away every day having been alongside people and you've you've got a buzz and you're getting those connections and there's an endorphin about it so yeah I find that fascinating. There's definitely like a massive focus on community and the importance of community. Um, It taught me a lot and it helped me understand um, because this I read this probably like a few months into starting Run Talk Run and it helped me understand why why Run Talk Run was feeling like so good and why I felt like I needed it um it's that feeling of belonging and it's quite a basic human need really <laughs> it's amazing yeah. how much we can overlook it i guess as well 
Yeah, yeah. It just helped me you understand think... my own feelings <laughs> a lot better. Do you both find, because I remember because I did run to run Old Street for a while, on a Monday lunchtime, and I could be having the crappers Monday, and then it could be raining outside, but I could not wait to get there and kind of see the group and run with them. Do you guys find from the run talk runs that you go to regularly that it gives you that? I, I do. That I mean, buzz? I could go, I could go and do track and with with my sort of competitive running club, and I could have a good session or a bad session, and depending on where I was in the pack or how I was running, I, you know, I would get endorphins, but I wouldn't get that sort of wholesome feeling. Whereas when I do tooting on a Monday night, I, no matter how I'd be feeling, it was such a leveler because it was, I was just stopping and dropping everything at the door um, of, of the Wheat Sheaf pub. And, but and we were after our 5k, I, I would come away and I just feel so relaxed having sort of engaged and not thought about running when I was running, yeah. you know, I was focusing on talking to people and focusing on, you know, getting to know people more and, and yeah. it would have this effect that was so much greater than the endorphins that you get from pushing yourself hard, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can have a, you can run a hard track session but miss out on your 400 times by four or five seconds and come away thinking, uh, kind of negative about it. Whereas yeah. I can, yeah, without fail, you're engaging with people on your run talk run without yeah. fail, um, kind of positively. Absolutely. So, um, Chris, you've you've gone from a slightly more running based book. What have you? What are you suggesting? Yeah, so I've got kind of my favourite running book is um, Feet in the Clouds by Richard Asquith. Um, so I've got kind of a connection to to the Lake District, kind of. Uh, my dad grew up in the Lake District and we spent a lot of time up there. And Richard Asquith's book is, it kind of talks about the nascent of um, kind of trail running in the UK and how it grows in kind of the undulations of trail running through, over the years. Um, also intertwined with Richard Asquith's attempts at doing the Bob Graham round, um, which is um, a route of 42 fells in the Lake District Um over kind of 66 miles and it's a 24-hour race so you start in Keswick and you've got to tick all these off you can't have GPS it's a real kind of leveler and it's an it's an epic it's kind of the measure of 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 English fell running and one of the kind of the three great um it's one of the hardest races you can do isn't it in the UK yeah well it's not even a it's it's a it's a race against against time against the 24 hours um and the kind of the level of support and there's loads of documentaries on it there's a great um video of Killian Journey who's got the kind of current record um it's such a it's such a great book and it talks about how he tries and uh, tries to do it you have to do all the research you've got to plan it out because it's epic and you've got to know every step of the way or you've got to build a team and he kind of I'm not going to go into whether he does it or not but it kind of there's so many ups and downs for him and as someone that's run a kind of a bit in the Lake District and spent a lot of time there it kind of ignites something in me when I read that book of wanting to get out and run in the trails um even though my ability to send on fells is kind of pitiful any kind of <laughs> any 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 fell races I've done in in the lakes you kind of I'm pretty good at climbing um but then the guys you can tell who the local guys are because they will whistle past you 
um, as you're kind of clambering down the hills. Well, I, um, did the, I did the Box Hill Fell race in January and I was trying to describe to my friends, I said, you know, the descent was, um, you know, I was really happy with my descending and they sort of, they're not really runners. And they said, well, you're just running downhill, right? Surely it's easy. I was like, no, descending is a, descending is an art form in trail running. You know, the ability to, to sort of throw yourself down a hill with, with grace and just zero fear is just something that, you know, I admire the, the top trail runners that can just, can just do it with such, um, with such ease or it looks like ease anyway. Yeah. And these guys are doing it up in the lakes. You're doing it on technical descent. So wet rock where if you get it wrong or kind of scree where you're falling, you're trying to keep your balance and they've got such, they've got such light feet when you see them do it. It's absolutely fascinating. So they've kind of already picked up their foot before they've got a chance to slip. So they're kind of tapping down the hill. Whereas as soon as you stop doing that and you kind of plant your feet, you're loading your quads. So they've automatically got an advantage because they're not loading their quads every step. So you're at the end of a kind of a, a long race, your your quads are shredded and they've they've flown <laughs> down quicker. Um so this yeah, this book, um it's kind of it's got a kind of a romantic element of fell racing and it talks about some of the kind of the greats of fell racing when they would just work a, a 12 hour day on the on the farm and then put their shoes on run up and down and i've kind of seen kind of talks from the likes of billy bland and kind of people like that who they're just hard as nails yeah um it's a different breed isn't it different different breed, breed. um and it's a great book and also murakami's um what i talk about what i what i think about when i you think just, about running <laughs> oh just, no i didn't i stole in stole your book that's quite oh, unbelievable no. we didn't we didn't talk about <laughs> we didn't talk about what books we suggested but actually that is the perfect segue chris because um yeah, yeah i think so because i think jess's book um sits more down the, the mental health side and, and yours is that kind of pure getting out and running and i think Murakami, um, which is what I talk about when I talk about running, is the perfect sort of blend of the two books. Um, he's a writer. He used to work in a jazz bar and he sort of took up running. And it's this, I don't know, Chris, how you describe it. It's kind of like a memoir, isn't it? Because it's, it is heavily based around running, but it's how the running impacts the other elements of his life. And it's this it's this sort of desire to get out there and to keep fit, but it's at the same time, his sort of drive just to go out and explore and, and, and push himself harder. But he talks with such a lovely relaxed tone, you know? Yeah. He's a, I mean, he kind of admits that he's, he's not coming at it. A lot of ultra kind of running books are written from people who are brilliant at ultra running. Um, whereas he comes at it from, a, from another angle, from a kind of a, a running mad country that is Japan. Um, but yeah, as you said, he kind of talks about how it, how it helps him. Um, and it's a really, yeah, I, I, lo- I love the book. And I also love his his other books as well. Um, I've been reading a lot of other, Murakami's other books. He's just um, got this lovely, relaxed writing style. Like it's, yeah. you, feel, you feel calm just by reading it. And I, I, what I like as well is that, you know, if you're not an avid reader, this is a great book just to pick up because it's it's like less than 200 pages long, uh, but it's yeah. you could read it again and again and still feel those emotions of feeling 
like you're doing a run to run with Murakami. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it feels like he's talking to you whilst you're... I feel like I need this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's a best-selling author as well. So unlike most running books, which are run, written by um, runners, this is a, a best-selling author who is also writing a running book. So it's kind of, he's got that advantage of being a kind of a, a, a great writer. He's just so, a really, yeah, I, seems like a really cool guy as well. Like a really cool customer. Like I, I would love to do a run sort of run with, with Murakami. Yeah. Um, well, if you pick, if you get a chance to read any of his other books, I've just finished Killing Commander Tori. He's got, there's a, there's a bingo, um, a Haruki Murakami bingo of different topics that does he bring this up in the book? And you can, you can do it. I think it's five by five bingo, bingo card of like talking cats is one of the main <laughs> things. So his other books really whisk you away to another world or kind of a, a world within, within Japan. So yeah. for me, on the kind of the mental health side, being out here in isolation, being able to kind of pick up a book that transports you away for a few hours into a land that isn't in lockdown and kind of really transports you away has been really valuable for me. So, yeah, I've I love him, love as love him as an as an author. So I recommend so, it. So you can check that out. That's Murakami. Um, what I talk about when I talk about running and uh, Chris's book uh, is Richard Asquith. Um, feet in the clouds the classic tale of foe running and obsession so yeah we did um we did also ask some of the run guys in the run to run community um some of the books that they've been reading as well um and we had some great responses we probably won't be able to read them all out tonight um so jess have you got a couple to hand i've probably got a couple to hand uh yes um jargon um is one i think that's bella mackie's book yeah that is um and i know um that a couple of people at run to run have all actually said to me in person like have you read jog on um i've actually yet to read it but i want to um and david goggins can't hurt me came up i have this book but i left it in the office so (laughs) it's one of those annoying ones that i need to next which one uh the David Goggins book, I've um, I, yeah, can't hurt me. Um, I've not read it yet, but um, I, I, I hide your if you read it, hide your cards. I that inspired me to. I signed up for my first twenty-four hour race whilst reading David Goggins' book. Um, so <laughs> and then yeah, maybe regretted it. Well, maybe it's a good time not to have it whilst I'm in isolation because, like, you know, I'll have very little else to do but sign up for <laughs> sign up for races. Yeah. Um, and just reading a few more out, we had uh, Matthew Campbell um, said "Rejection Proof" by Jia Zhang. Um, uh, I'm trying to read out people's Instagram handles. It's really hard. Um, Ailey is is a lot of eyes and e's. Um, said "Finding Gobi" by Dion Leonard. Um, Welsh Running Dad said, run for your life and mindful running. And that was just a spam question. That was someone saying, hey, run to run. What's the one thing about Instagram that irritates you? (laughs) (laughs) Bots. Bots putting bad messages in in the question. Well, that's a bad book suggestion. I'm not going to go for that one. Um, But there are some there are some other great suggestions as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this week, guys. Um, th- 
thank you so much for joining us, Chris. It's um, no real pleasure. I feel like I want to sign up for <laughs> sign up for an old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's been super inspiring. I mean before these podcasts I had no intention to run an ultra now listening to Derek and listening to you I feel like I should just go run all the ultras I think you should I think we should be Do it. getting some um I think I guess that's probably the thing like if to anyone listening Chris that is thinking about it is it what's what's the advice of sort of getting into it and getting um I guess it's just to do it right <laughs> yeah well if you're depends what level you're at i would say if you're looking to get the buzz of ultra trail marathons there's so many trail races that are out there you don't have to go and run 50 miles to enjoy running over mountains and woods there's kind of 10k 15 20k races that give you that buzz um and they are a fantastic kind of starting point to just getting out and enjoying a different type of running to to road running but then when you're kind of looking to take on your first ultra marathon i'd say don't go don't go big first build up i made the error of my first ultra marathon being the lakeland 110k the ultimate trails and it was brutal brutal it's kind of 68 miles and it it was horrible so i wish i'd kind of done a baby ultra building up to that um and then when you're training i would say just spend time on feet um and learn to eat and run, eat and run, um, find out what food sits well with you, test loads of stuff out and eat a little bit and often. So you're not mm. getting to 20 miles and thinking, oh, bugger, I'm running out of energy. Um, eat. Um, That's a skill. Yeah. And train, train on the right terrain as much as possible. Um, equally, I thought I was really kind of super marathon, marathon fit training around London for a, a race I went and up and did in Keswick um, and the first 12 miles felt like it was all uphill and I was I was pretty broken after 12 miles <laughs> of a of a 50k and the the hills want a Londoner to go up there and try and do it and fail um, so try and try and do as much training as you can on on like for like right, terrain I think that's go great out advice. go out easy and build into it I think it's a great I think it's a great way of running. So good advice, Chris. Thanks um thanks so much for joining us. And uh no and Jess, as ever, it's been an absolute pleasure, Jess. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I've loved it. It's been great. And you know, thanks as well to the, the guys getting in touch um through Instagram at run to run. Um and obviously you can email us as well, which is Jessica at run to run dot com. Um but it's great to have suggestions for the pod because it you know it's um uh, I think you know we've had some great suggestions on books and ultras and I think we've kind of ticked that box this week so um, so yeah so thanks so much for listening um, obviously like and subscribe give us five stars on iTunes if you if you want um, and also pass it on to a friend as well someone that wants to that you think would benefit from from listening to people whilst running or training or just um, listening to something new and finding out a bit more about run to run then pass it on to a friend um, but thank you very much for joining us guys um, Have a great week. Look after yourselves. Look after other people around you. And I will catch you next week.